Women and Charitable Giving. I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Jeannie Infante Sager. Jeannie is the talented director of the Women's Philanthropy Institute within the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Jeannie is the co-author of Chapter 28 in Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, the chapter called, quite succinctly, Women and Philanthropy. Jeannie co-authored that chapter with Deborah Mesh, the longtime Eileen Lamb O'Gara Chair of the Women's Philanthropy Institute. And Jeannie joins us here to talk about the chapter. Jeannie, great to have you with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Oh, always so great to be in front of the Fundraising School community. Love being here. Thanks so much, Bill. Now, uh, you and Deborah make an assertion right off the bat, page one, that gender impacts Charitable giving. Help us understand that, please. Yeah, absolutely. What's why we exist at the Women's Philanthropy Institute. We are the only institute that studies uh, gender and philanthropy, and we do so really um, in partnership with our, our researchers at the Lilly Family of School of Philanthropy, taking studies that they do and applying a gender lens to it. Um, so we do know that as, as many things um, in our world, that one's identity affects um, all aspects of, of, of the decisions that we make, philanthropy included. And so we have over 170 data points that look at how gender matters um, in philanthropy and influences how we give. And so we know that women and men um, um, approach giving differently in a variety of ways, including um, what motivates them, um, how they like to give, and that's what this chapter is about. We take a lot of these studies and curate the research um, for, for our readers um, to help them really kind of understand better um, how to consider gender when fundraising. Jeannie, you mentioned 170 data points that uh, really describe how gender impacts philanthropic behavior. And we want folks to dive in and read the chapter, but can you give us a, for instance, you know, when you think about those data, uh, one that is kind of your favorite go-to when you're explaining the work of WPI or you highlight the, you know, the themes in this chapter. Wow. Well, we know from some of our foundational studies that women give more than men. Um, and the data around single women in particular um, is, is, it stands out. So we know that compared to uh, single men and married couples, single women um, are more likely to give, um, and then they're also more likely to give more. So and that's you, just one example. Yeah, and when you look at this, men are generous and philanthropic, but women even more so. Can you help us understand that, please, that women are more philanthropic than men? Yeah, so, uh, so what we found in the research is that across all ages, races, and income levels, women give more and give differently than their male counterpart, counterparts. And also that more uh, the more women's wealth grows, the more that they're going to give to uh, charitable organizations. Um, so when we look at uh, how factors such as age, family dynamics, marital status, and income, income influence giving by men and women, um, we know. All, all women across racial and ethnic groups and generations are more likely than their male counterparts to give. And not only are they more likely to give, women give significantly more than similarly situated men in almost all income levels, especially in higher income households. households. And Jeannie, are you talking in terms of the number of gifts, the size of gifts, the frequency of charitable giving? What is the context? Yes, all of those things. In fact, in our Women Give 2010, what we do is we uh, we take 
we look at um, studies that, again, like I said, that within partnership with the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy through uh, the PPS, through uh, the Bank of America High Net Worth Study. And we look at all of those things, uh, um, uh, a number of gifts, uh, size of gifts, um, and we, we use that empirical data um, and place a gender lens on that. And we have found that in particular, single women um, for, uh, for certain uh, rise to the top in all of those categories. Jeannie, what do you find when men and women are in a household together, you know, whether they're married or, you know, partnering their significant others, what does charitable decision-making look like in that context? Yeah. So mayor, we found that marriage is good uh, for charitable giving. So um, most recently in our women give 2021 study, uh, we looked at um, how households make giving decisions together. And so we know that six out of 10 households make giving decisions together Um but we found that women uh, tend to drive decision-making with 15.3% of households having women as the sole giving decision-maker. What that means for found fundraisers is that um, when you add that 61.5% and that 15.3%, um, that means that nearly 80% of households giving decisions involve a woman in some shape or form, or form. So it's really important to make sure that we're including women in all conversations that are happening around giving um, in a household. An excellent finding uh, to make sure we're being fully inclusive when talking to a household and, and fundraising from a household to making sure we're including both men and women, since at least 80% of the time, the women are part of that charitable decision-making in that household. And Jeannie, you touched on this already. If you can amplify, please, we're not just talking about the important small gifts. And again, all gifts matter, all donors are generous, but also larger gifts as well, right? Right, right. So we know that women can and do make big gifts. So one of the things that we talk about in that chapter are countering some misperceptions um, that exist around how women, uh, how society perceives women as, 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 as donors. And so one of those misperceptions is that women don't make big gifts, but women can and do make big gifts. And the biggest barrier by far to women's giving is simply that women aren't asked to give and certainly aren't challenged to think larger. Um, we know from our research that women, especially high net worth women, are interested in um, making large gifts. Um, and in fact, the study that we did on high net worth women found that they approach giving in both strategic and holistic ways. So um, some of the some of the characteristics um, of high net worth women donors is that they connect wealth with responsibility. Um, they seek to educate themselves before making funding decisions. That they're willing to take risks with their philanthropy. Um, that they do look at a value um, in terms of return on investment, and that they prefer investing in organizations and programs focused on systemic change. And so challenging um, who, you're, who you're thinking about in terms of um, asking for larger gifts, we should certainly, you should always certainly consider women as, 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 as great prospects for that. All this information is so helpful, research-based, and can be translated and applied to effective fundraising practice. And one of the more fascinating findings for me, Jeannie, is this whole idea of women giving collectively. And I know when I teach for the fundraising school, I'll ask people, do you have a giving circle in your community? And a lot of hands go up and I'll say, how many of them are a women's giving circle? And a lot of hands go up and I'll say, well, how many of them are a men's giving circle? And one time a woman said, does that include poker night? Because they're sitting at a circular table. 
Uh, and I said, well, only if the winner is giving the winnings to, to charity, I guess. Help us understand more of this phenomenon of women giving collectively, because yeah. certainly there might be a men's giving circle. Well, we just don't see that or hear about that as much as we do the women's giving circle. Yeah. So over 70 percent of giving circles in the United States um, uh, are, are primarily women uh, membership. Um, but that's changed. The, the collective giving movement is, is growing and the diversity of those, those circles are growing. But, but what we know from the research, the qualitative research, is that women like to give together. Um, and in fact, um, in a study that we did with regards to giving circle members, we found that their giving is more strategic, um, that they, um, they're, they're, the diversity of where they give and who they give to um, is more diverse. Um, and so what we know is that they're, they, they're very drawn to this idea of one gift, one vote. So there's, this, there's, there's a piece of it that of this philanthropy um, in terms of the democracy around it that appeals to women. But they like to talk about their giving. And I think that's what a giving circle really provides for them. Um, and that provides them with opportunities to learn more about their community and to be more engaged in a different way. And so that's so so when I think about how to apply that for fundraisers, you know, maybe it's not just about are do you have a giving circle as part of your fundraising plan or within your organization, but are you providing opportunities for women to give collectively to, um, to, our, to a campaign? So much of our fundraising um, strategies involve an individual plan, right? An individual ask. But are there ways to think about even a capital campaign where you engage in a collective goal and you focus on, focus on women? And again, looking at the research, understanding um, what women prefer to give to. Um, so for instance, we know that women support, um, are more likely to support women and girls for all the obvious reasons, um, most importantly being that they can really truly connect um, to that experience. And so, and so are there ways to rethink how you are strategizing um, around your fundraising um, within the campaign and looking at ways to provide collective opportunities um, for women in particular. Um, and, and not only in, you know, small gifts. Um, we know that um, Dartmouth is a great example. Um, they asked for a million dollar gifts from women um, alumni to collectively uh, participate in a campaign and knock, and, and knock it out of the ballpark. And so fundraising is the gentle art of teaching the joy of giving, and our art needs to include certainly working with individual donors, but as we do so, understanding gender distinctions that very likely could be at play as we work with those individual donors. And when it comes to women, one of those distinctions is don't be surprised if they also are giving collectively. And what that means in terms of your case for support, how you're describing an opportunity to make a difference, including something as large as a comprehensive campaign. Jeannie, there's been so much good information here. Just overall, as we conclude, what advice do you have for fundraisers uh, as they know about women and philanthropy and charitable giving? So one of the things that I want to highlight from the research is the research um, that shows that women are drawn to an expanded definition of philanthropy. And I try and tie this up into, into T's. So we know the traditional T's, right? So time, talent, treasure. Um, Women also are interested in giving in terms of testimony, which is advocacy, 
and ties, which is understanding social capital and so and their social network and how and how to engage them. And they lean into all five of these ways um, in terms of giving back. And so I think it's really important um, for fundraisers to understand, and I often say that, um, in order to get a woman's gift of ultimate treasure or 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 they need to really engage in a woman and all of those other T's. So really thinking about your program and understanding where are all those access points for those T's? Where are those, where are those places where you're providing women donors with um, the opportunity to gift time and talent and testimony um, and ties in ways that are meaningful, um, that allow um, women to really connect with your organization and your cause, and then to ultimately um, invest um, larger dollars um, into the work that you're doing. One of the questions we receive all the time at the fundraising school is how do I recruit new donors? Well, what we just learned there is one way is when you have women who are donors to ask them to also use testimony and ties to advocate for your organization and introduce you to others who they may know. Jeannie Infante Sager is the director of the Women's Philanthropy Institute within the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy and co-author along with Dr. Deborah Mesh of chapter 28 of Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, Women and philanthropy. The textbook is available on our website and also to anyone who completes our signature course, Principles and Techniques of Fundraising. The textbook is part of that course and you receive a copy when the course is completed. That course, by the way, one of about a couple of dozen courses that we offer in person and online in the United States and across the world alongside our custom training. We can bring a establish course to you, or we can borrow from different courses and custom make, tailor a course specifically for your nonprofit, your region, your nonprofit association, and so forth. And our custom training also is in person and online. We have our quarterly webinars, we have these free podcasts, uh, and all the information is on our school's website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. If you look under the top toolbar for institutes, that's where you will find Jeannie and her colleagues at the Women's Philanthropy Institute, just one spot to the left, you'll see the fundraising school. Again, philanthropy.iupui.edu. So grateful to our guests today, Jeannie and Fonte Sager, our producers today, Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.